When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Delays uh, from uh, Slaughter Tour just south of Ben White and then Old Torf uh, to downtown. Uh, but not much else on the major thoroughfares. A lot of clean and green out there. We are dealing with a wreck on the uh, southbound access of uh, Mopac Toll. This is at Howard Lane, and that is an injury crash. Also over on Kramer at Metric, another one reported with injuries. Sla- uh, Slaughter Lane at Thaxton Road. That's a crash. Uh, now they've taken the uh, injury part out of that, so hopefully that won't be uh, too bad through there. Also, Dessau, Dessau Ridge. Uh, injury wreck there. That should be clearing. It's been on the board for about an hour. I'm Don Miller. That's your traffic. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin. K270CO Round Rock. Texas Sports. The Horn. The Horn. Guests on the Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit VaqueroscaFe.com. Callahan's General Store. Since 1978 and still locally owned and family operated, winter is here, colder days are ahead, and Callahan's has what you need to protect those precious pipes. Stop on by, get your faucet covers, spigot drips, insulation, and advice from the best people in town. When it comes to freeze protection, you'll be glad you made it a Callahan's day. In these cooler months, while grass is dormant, winterizing your landscape should remain at the top of your lawn care list. Callahan's General Store has winter grass and ground seed covers, as well as all the necessary pre-emergence to keep those unwanted weeds away. Stop on by and make it a Callahan's day. Save up to 50% on a hot tub, cold therapy tub, or swim spa at the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend at the Travis County Expo Center. Browse the largest display of hot tubs, cold therapy tubs, and swim spas in the region from five major brands at up to 50% off. See swim spas in action offering exercise, therapy, and fun all year long. Over 40 hot tubs will be on display and every four model must go. Financing is available and show admission is free. That's the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend at the Travis County Expo Center. Visit spashow.com or call 1-800-SPA-SALE. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up, rolls on, fabulous fifth hour. We learned during the uh, break that uh, on the way to the break, Ty Henderson, our producer, is now on the uh, J- dry January train, plus no fast food. Not sure what he's going to eat or do, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's also back on the Cowboys bandwagon, apparently. He's bought back in after the win over Detroit. Because uh, somebody, we appreciate all the to the messages because we heard Rex Ryan and uh, uh, Dan Campbell, and uh, somebody said that the tripping call on Hendershot was as bad. Hutchinson tried to trip the runner. Both calls were two of the worst of the season, a couple minutes apart. Yeah, I mean, look, the bigger issue for the NFL is just really bad play, really bad officiating Period. in a huge game that was a standalone game on a New Year's Eve situation. I mean, that huge TV ratings, they got to get those right. Um, if yeah, this was going to be bad all year, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's, there was reports the that, that that entire crew is being down. Like, they're not going to be refs no, in the playoffs now, right? They're actually not. No. They, oh. yeah, they're, they're refereeing next week, right? Yeah, they're officiating a game. Yeah, they got a playoff game. A big game, yeah. That's why the fans in, in Detroit are pretty mad about it. Uh, Rob, but you, you suggested this earlier for now ties Cowboys again. Um, the Jets are going to release Dalvin Cook today. They are. 
Yep, it's it's happening. Should that be an option for the Cowboys, considering the Rico Dowdle injury issue, and uh, they really don't have much depth, and not, not just for now, but maybe into January to have a Dalvin Cook just there. Um, depends on how cheap he is. What do you think, Ty? I mean, Dalvin Cook to the Cowboys. I didn't do much with the Jets. I'm not sure if that was a health issue or just the Jets. That offensive line. Offensive line is bad. Brees Hall's better than him right now. Yeah, period. So I'm not sure. They paid good money for him, though. So you might maybe get him at a discount. Um, I, I think I think he's still got something to tank. And the Cowboys need a running back. We'll see if if the um, if the value fits what the Cowboys. Want. Remember, the Cowboys don't like to make a lot of moves in free agency. Um, but this is, uh, I think, special circumstances. Well, you now need you, a running back. Now you, I want to say lucked your way, but you kind of lucked your way into the two seed because you, you, you won a, a game that was very controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Eagles are falling apart. I mean, that, you, that's not, I mean they're, they are collapsing in Philadelphia after yeah. losing at home to Arizona with a chance to clinch the two seed in the, in the NFC and clinch the division. That's, that's bad, obviously. I mean, we talked about that, that three-game stretch to wrap, the, wrap up the season. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. And they can't even handle that. Yeah, I don't, they are not built for the playoffs right now. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think we've seen a collapse like Philadelphia in a while. Weren't they ten and zero? Nine and zero? Yeah, they were. They were the, they had the best record in the league at one point. Yeah, they did. And they, and they, they had beaten the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Bills consecutively. They had the best resume at one point of all the teams yes. in the NFL. And I think they just, I, I think they peaked really early. But aside from that, I think now you're starting to see the effects of losing. Your, both of your coordinators after that Super Bowl run. I remember I gave the stat. They were just the third Super Bowl team to lose each coordinator to a head coaching position right, in the Super Bowl era. You lose coordinators um, and things happen, but your team was so elite in both areas. I think they were a top three uh, offense and defense uh, that year they went to the Super Bowl that both of your coaches, both of your coordinators went on to come, become head coaches, and they just weren't able to replace those guys. Now, it's hard to replace any really good coordinator, um, but the guys they brought in have underachieved, and they had to replace uh, Sean uh, Desai, the defensive coordinator, with Matt Patricia, um, and that hadn't really worked out offensively. I think Jalen Hurts is dealing with an injury, but they're still not the same offense that they were, but they still have most of the same personnel. Yeah, they That's, look like they're they're, they're – they're, this, this is a scheme they issue. They have the roster of a 10-0 and team, right? Yes. And, uh, but even when they were winning that gauntlet and winning games, they were still didn't look the same. And finally, that's all come back to get them, right? They, they were kind of winning with like a mirage, and all of a sudden the mirage has collapsed. And they, the most notable was last week when they lost to Arizona and a below – I mean, what, what the, the Cardinals came in 26th in, in offense and ran for 250-plus yards on their defense. Now, Jonathan Gannon knows that team, knows that personnel. He yep. came in with a great scheme. Hey, Rod, before we get too far into the NFL talk, because I've got another thought on the Cowboys, but uh, you had a who said that that I wanted to hear because we were playing some who said that. Well, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't know Tyler like to check it to see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know it, if it's uh, radio. Yeah, I don't know. Is it street, it's not street it. legal? I don't know. If it, I don't know if it's PG-13 enough to air on We the can't air. take that on the road? Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it, it's really good, actually. I can tease it now because I don't know if we'll be able to play it. It was a, a player on the Texas team asking each of the players um, who, wouldn't, who, who would they discourage the most from dating their daughter. Who, who they wouldn't want to date that daughter on the team. On the Longhorn locker room. Yeah, and it was pretty funny. But I, they played some music in the background that I think maybe, you know, Was there a consensus? Uh, no, but I think X-Man got, uh, like both, he got like multiple votes. Ooh. X-Man is one of those guys. He is the fastest player on the team, just to ask him. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I thought it would be pretty funny. But like I said, I don't, we're not going to get well, it. Well, I'll play this then. Play the that last one. Play that last one I had, Ty, that uh, you'll know who this is. But I wanted well, to play I'm it for the one. audience. Got the real yeah, open that up because, uh, you know, we New Year's Eve was the Cowboys game, but we know at halftime of that game, a very special Jimmy ceremony. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, and I, I miss this because, I mean, you're in New Orleans. Things are spinning. I was at the casino. Do we have it there, Ty? Let's hit this. And I want to thank the Dallas Cowboy fans, the millions of Cowboy fans. Thank you, 
Where did he get that line from? Do we know where the line? What he was responding he to? He said it at the, the Super Bowl. He know, said it after they won the Super Bowl. Was it in response to something, or was it just a line he came up with, or no, was it, it was a famous line somebody else had? With, with, with I don't the know. Line? I don't What's know. What's the origin of it? Well, the first time I heard it was him, and it was in the locker room after they won and the I Super remember, Bowl. I've seen the footage, but I'm just asking, like, was it in response to something? Because Jimmy Johnson, you know, he would go back and forth with the media at times. You know, sure. Jimmy Johnson was a very confrontational guy. Was it something that somebody else threw out there? Or was it something that he originally said? And what was the reason for it? Just how about them Cowboys? Yeah. It was such a great line. It was great. It's it's lived. It's lived. For sure. Forever, yeah. Well, How look, I mean, that was—I think that was after the first one when they were the youngest team in the rot in the league, yeah. and they were doubted. Yeah, doubted quite a lot. The people didn't think it was for real. Yeah, that they were too young. Yeah, they had been in the playoffs the year before and lost to Detroit. The last time the Detroit won a division, that was that game with Eric Kramer. Yeah. Uh, but they were too young then, and then they came back and won the whole dang thing. And um, you know, that's Jimmy Johnson. Great stuff right there. That's awesome. By the way, that Cardinals game against Philadelphia that they lost—they were up twenty-one to six at half. The Cardinals outscored them 15 point by 29-0 in the third and fourth quarter to win 35-31. They had uh, 228 yards passing, 221 on the ground, and the the Eagles rushed for only 91 yards. Yeah. So if you want to have one thing in common, the the Cardinals haven't had a great season. They're four and 12, but they beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I don't know. And I mean, Kyler Murray looked pretty good. Not gonna lie, it looked pretty good. Well, you know what? Here, you're not thinking about this. Fitted footage I saw, he looked good. Because I, I had like <clears throat> 11 hours to think yesterday while driving. Um, Jonathan Gannon came from that division, and it tells you he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. when he knows because he knew the Cowboys, he knew the Eagles, yeah, and they stuff. they almost beat Washington. That's true. If good you point. go, uh, remember they lost to Washington 20 to 16, but they were leading the game. They were up early. It was at Washington, uh, so Jonathan Gannon's almost beat both. All three teams in that division, um, the team he didn't finish off with the car- was, was the Commanders, but he beat the Cowboys and he beat the Eagles. Kind of mm. gives you a sense that maybe he's a pretty I think good coach. Versus the Giants, they beat the Giants. Did they beat the Giants? No, that was the game when Daniel Jones went crazy. Isn't that crazy? How the hell you not beat the Giants? That's the worst team in the division. He you lost to the Giants and their Commanders, but that was games one and two of the year. Uh, so it's so his first started. two games. Okay, so, yeah. so the season got on. They beat the, beat the Cowboys so and they better. beat the Eagles. So they're getting better. And then in both the Giants and the Cardinals game, the uh, Giants and the Commanders game, they blew leads, blew big leads, if you remember. Yeah, no, Young again, I mean, he's, I think it's obvious that he was a hell of a, a coordinator when he left, but now he's proving that. Well, now Shane Steichen has a chance to, if they can coach. beat the Texans at home on Saturday night, they'll be in the playoffs and he'll be one of the nominees for Coach of the Year. That's probably going to go to Kevin Stefanski. It'll it should go to Kevin Stefanski yes. or D'Amico Ryans after that, depending on how the Texans yeah. <laughs> they get themselves into the playoffs. I think those are your two front runners for Coach of the Year. Yeah. So, but but it goes to your point that you lose both those coordinators. They're showing they can really coach. They can coach, man, and can can scheme up. And it might not. It was Nick Sirianni. I'm not doubting him, but it wasn't all Nick Sirianni there. And now you well, start. Look, to I mean, see you got guys like Mike Holmgren and Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid's missing Eric Bieniemy this year. Yes, he is. I mean, good coaches matter. I mean, yep. it's, you know, how many times you see these coaches' trees, you're like, damn, look at all those good coaches. Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder they're so damn good. Yep, you're <laughs> right about that. That's a great point, too, about uh, Andy Reid. Andy Reid's one of the best, if not the best, play caller, play designer in the league, and it's obvious that he's missing uh, Eric Bieniemy mostly because of the execution. They still got the same concepts, same schemes. Guys are still getting open, but the execution has fallen off because they're not getting that day-to-day coaching. That's practice. right, that's right. So the execution has fallen off a little Thumb bit. On the on, yeah. on there, you know what. Mm-hmm. Somebody, several people, thank you for the text on the message line at 447-3776. And the first time Jimmy Johnson said that was in the locker room at Candlestick Park after they got over the Niners hump. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to beat the Niners. NFC, that yeah. was big. And that was they the, went, the they George Seifert's They went back teams. and forth for like, what, eight, nine years, the Cowboys and the, and the 49ers. Yeah, it might happen again this year. Right. That'd but, be three years in a row. Yeah. Oh, you're right about that. But at that time, they were both winning championships. Basically, right. if, you, if you were the 49ers and the Cowboys, if you came that was the, the Super NFC, Bowl. that was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because you had Steve Young, <laughs> Troy Aikman, an emerging yeah. Troy Aikman. Yeah. Uh, of course, George Seifert had taken over for Bill Walsh, and Jay- Steve Young had taken mm-hmm. over for Joe Montana, but the team was still really damn good. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, great stuff. Thanks for that on the, te- on the message line. That's good. Uh, but, How about them Cowboys? But, you know, the Cowboys have put themselves now in a position and ties back on the bandwagon. If they can, uh, you know, win a home playoff game, that will get mm-hmm. them to the divisional round. And that, that, that would prevent them from having to go – the two seed would prevent them from having to go on the road and tell San Francisco. Correct. That's a good point. Yeah. And they have no chance of the one seed, right? No. No, no, that's locked up. It's already – the Ravens and the Niners have already locked that up. They get the buys. And the 49ers got head-to-head, and they got more wins. Yeah, it's not possible. Which will make it interesting to see how the Ravens handle the Steelers game on Saturday because they don't have anything to play for. That's the early game before the Texans and Colts Saturday. But the Ravens have locked up the one. They obliterated the Miami Dolphins. 
Uh, 56. I'm telling you, man, I, I don't know if any, 17. any team right now looks even – I don't know if any team has looked as good all season as Ravens look right now. Oh, I mean, I mean, right? have we seen a team look at that? Yet? I mean, the 49ers no. were, were close when they were down. Niners were, but they were, they and just, they beat some good teams. But the, but man. but the, the fact that the Ravens went into to Levi Stadium and beat that team thirty three to nineteen, and then then, you get, then, then beat, beat the Dolphins, Dolphins. fifty six to seventeen. <laughs> I don't know if we've seen a team look this good, but we've seen it. Cause it, it could it could have been flow injuries obviously affect that, but I think the fact that they have this new Todd Munkin offense. It's, and and now, it's gotten better as the year's gone. Yes, because it was brand new to start the season. Now they're starting to get a little bit more chemistry and continuity uh, with the receiving core. Think about it, guys. Lamar Jackson's never had a receiving core like this. No. Never. They never they never got on receivers because they wanted to play a more of a ground-and-pound, run-centric offense with bigger bodies, tight ends, running backs, and fullbacks. Now they're spreading it out with him with wide receivers. We've never seen this version of Lamar Jackson, and it's just scary. No, it is. It's scary. Well, think about it. I mean, they're three laws. They're 13-3. and three. Uh, the Ravens, they they beat Houston, who has a chance to be a playoff team, twenty five to nine. Okay, that, that if they win, they'll be a playoff team. They lost to the Colts now. One of their three losses was to the Colts, and there were two games early. Actually, there were three games, but but two specifically where they kind of gave the game away early. The, remember this when they yeah. played the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Steelers couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. but they lost on a block punt, and the receivers dropped a bunch of balls, and the Ravens just looked sloppy, but they lost that game. And then they lost at home to the Colts in another game that they gave away yeah. uh, with their own mistakes. Right. And, you know, then they lost to the Browns, who they may have to see in the playoffs at some point. Here come and the Cleveland they Browns. Up, weren't they up double they, digits on the Browns, though? They were. They were. And they lost that. So they have three games where they kind of collapsed in the fourth quarter. Those are their three losses. But the Ravens, to the positive side, Rod, they also own double-digit wins and, and really annihilations mm-hmm. over the Dolphins, the Niners, the Lions. Wow. I mean, uh, best teams the, in the Texans. League. Some of the best teams in the league. Playoff teams. Yeah. I mean, Seattle, they beat 37-3. to uh, Cincinnati, who was playing good ball at the time, they beat them 34-20. to Like, so double-digit wins over good teams. Detroit, 38-6. to Cowboys just saw that Detroit's a pretty damn good team. Um, that, you know, that, that, that defense is tough. Yeah. And when their offense gets cranking to go with the defense – uh, very impressive. Uh, and then their last three games, Rod, against three teams who are likely to win their division: Jacksonville twenty-three to seven, San Francisco thirty-three to nineteen, Miami fifty-six to nineteen. Those three teams are going to win their division. I'm bludgeoning these teams. <laughs> yeah. These are not just good teams; these are the best teams in the league. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, and I'll give and, you another. And stat. it's not close. Only one quarterback has ten plus wins against teams five hundred or better in a single season since nineteen fifty. It's Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Damn. He's the only quarterback in the history, basically since 1950, with 10-plus wins against teams 500 or better in a single season. That is nuts. That is – yeah, so they are – they're rolling right now, man. They're rolling. Well, and, and obviously with the Niners' ability – I think the Niners, at, with the Brock Purdy interceptions against the Ravens, I think they'd like to get another shot at him in a Super Bowl, right, and, and try it again. Uh, but, you know, Ravens right now, clearly the favorites. And, uh, you know, Vegas, that could be your Super Bowl in Vegas. Now, the Cowboys would like to consider themselves there. That goes back to the beginning of this conversation. I would like to see the Cowboys at least kick the tires on Dalvin Cook. I would uh, like to see that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I'd like to see what the market value is for them, what they'd be asking, uh, what the asking price is. I think it's worth it for the Cowboys because it's one of the last elements they're missing to truly make that offense elite or to function at elite Especially level. if you're not sure about Rico Dowdle. And, and look, Dalvin Cook's better than Rico Dowdle. I mean, I, or at least. I think so. Yes, and, and that <laughs> would be a good combo to go with because uh, you haven't addressed that position, whether it was a draft or free agency, make a trade before the deadline. Now you maybe have a chance to get uh, get a hold of a player yep. that's, you know, good players. Is he's had a falling out with the coaching staff and hadn't gotten his chance. And, and the Jets had a terrible culture. Jets had a terrible year. They had a terrible culture and everything. Cowboys, I think, could maximize that. Sure. So with you. I think they should kick the tires on it. Uh, this says uh, Odell Beckham said this is the Ravens team is the best team he's ever played on. Of course, and he's won a Super Bowl and been on some pretty damn good teams with the Giants at times. I wouldn't doubt that. Just, I don't. Yeah, but I'm not, are they better than that Rams team that won a Super Bowl? Right now, like I said, they, they're playing like it yeah. right now. And like Lamar Jackson is playing better than Matt Stafford was that year. Remember Matt Stafford led the league in picks that year, guys? Yeah. We forget that. <laughs> he led the league in picks that year. Well, that was the Aaron Donald, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, yeah. wicked defense that they had. They had Von Miller. 
Ah, forget about that. Yeah, yeah. left in free agency. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Three, three Hall of Fame talent talents. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jalen Ramsey will make the Hall of Fame, but he's that he's good Our like shot? that. He's got an outside shot. And Von Miller and Aaron Donald are Ian. you know first ballot players yeah, yeah. in that Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, we'll follow the AFC and the NFC playoffs. Cowboys are in, and now maybe with a win over Washington Sunday, will we the two seed? And uh, how about them Cowboys? And but do you believe in the Cowboys? Here's the question, because I think everybody would say that the bad officiating, notwithstanding, that was a – they nearly lost that game, very well could have lost that game. That would have been 0-3 yeah. against the three teams that are the best teams on their schedule. They beat the Eagles, who we just talked about are imploding. They lost to Buffalo. They lost to Miami. And then they nearly lost to the Lions at home. Are, you know, ties back on the bandwagon. Where are you with the Cowboys? Big picture. Big picture. Can they, um, can they beat anybody in the NFC not named the Niners, or where are we? Yes, that's where we are, but I think, unfortunately. But I also think they could lose to anybody in the playoffs in the NFC, too. I don't think they could lose to Tampa, but at this point is a two seed. Mm, yeah, I mean, the only team that scares me for the Cowboys fans are the 49ers. Yeah. And I, I think, unfortunately, there is a gap. And that game would be in, in San Francisco. In San Fran. And I think there's a big gap between the 49ers and the Cowboys. I think they're I think they're much better than the Cowboys, and by much better, it's the NFL. So I mean, you know, six points. Because <laughs> right now the Cowboys would be playing the Packers in the first round at home, which they Jordan beat the Packers. Will, they'll beat the Packers. They'll beat the Packers. Jordan Love is playing better, but they'll beat the Packers yeah. at home. And they beat bad quarterbacks at home. And Jordan Love is he's not a bad quarterback. He's still not good yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Rams would play the Lions in Detroit. When that was that's the team Detroit does Rams, not want to play. Rams a little scary. Yeah, Rams a little scary. And the scary Eagles right would now. play the Buccaneers. Eagles have taken that spot of the Cowboys to have to go on the road and play Baker Baker touchdown Maker and the, the Buccaneers. The Eagles are playing. That's a bad match for the, where the Eagles are playing right now. Yeah, AFC would have the Colts playing the Dolphins in in round one at Miami with the Ravens having the week off. Now, if the Texans beat the Colts, I was say. if the Texans beat the Colts Sunday night, they would go to Miami. Because Miami's going to be the two seed. Oh, you know what? That's familiarity, at least with the staffs, because Bobby's Bobby yeah. Sloan, D'Amico Ryans, they know Mike McDaniel really well. Buffalo, how about this? First round, Buffalo, who's playing better football with the offensive coordinator change they made. Uh, they're 10-6 and six now. They would go That's a scary team. You don't to Kansas Buffalo. City. Yeah. They would go to Kansas, Kansas City. City not want, they want to play Buffalo right now. Cleveland. That's scary for Kansas City. Yeah. yeah, that would be it scary is, right? for them. Yeah, that's scary for them just because right now Kansas City is struggling. They're just uh, playing some of their worst football at the worst moment. Cleveland, meanwhile, would go to Jacksonville, and I think right now the Cleveland, would be, Cleveland would be a favorite in Jacksonville. That best defense in the league. Yeah. So the, the defense will keep them in every game. Cleveland plays at Cincinnati this weekend to try to go 12-5 and five with their fourth quarterback. 12-5. and five. And if, if Joe Flacco keeps playing like he is, throwing th- having 300-yard games, they will definitely beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got injuries at quarterback. Defense makes some plays, but, man, they, they're not consistent enough. So as it stands now, if the Cowboys were to beat the Packers back to the NFC, Niners would have the week off. Niners would then play the winner of the Eagles-Bucks game, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. They do reseed. Right? Now, if the Bucks win it, that could change things. But the Cowboys would either play the Rams, the likely play the Rams-Lions winner in the okay. second round at home yeah. as the two seed. Uh, yeah, I mean – I, I, got, I think the Cowboys, honestly, have a real shot to make the NFC title game in the NFC. I, I think if they're playing uh, offensively, um, if Dak is playing as well as he has been, if Dak keeps playing at a high level, I do think the Cowboys are the second-best team in the NFC. Can they be beaten? Yeah, but. Well, here's the question. If they do that, because what's been kind of like the Longhorns, right? We still consider this a really good year because they won the Big 12 and they went 12-2. and two. Yep. Big step forward. If the Cowboys win two home, two home playoff games, where they'd say they beat the Packers and beat the the Lions again. That'd be a big step. But they get to the NFC Championship game and lose again to the Niners. Um, but that's still a step. That was you, you haven't gotten past the divisional round. And since 1995. Yeah. And, and Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, both of those quarterbacks, I always give the stat, Cowboys are the only franchise with two quarterbacks to play in three or more divisional round games without winning one. Well, I'll ask the, uh, the texters, would you call that a good season if you get to the championship game? Yep. Because you earned the two seed, you win two home playoff games, but you again for the third year in a row lose to the Niners. No, I say I, so I say it's I say it's a good season because you got to get to the NFC title game. Yeah, at least that's been you the problem. No, Ty, Ty, you lose, say no. lose to the same team you've been getting your ass kicked by for the past three years. Four Niners are better than you. 
Ones yeah, I know that. Coaches than, I know that. Co- I you know, know that. They're, they're better. They got better coaches than you do. They're a better overall team than you. It's okay to lose to a better team every now and then. It's all right. Yeah, but you know, Kyle wasn't put, put the upset. It's, but, yeah, it's not like they they can't beat them. I mean, I'd say probably seven out of ten times they're not going to. But I, there's yeah. there's a chance there. There's a chance if Dak plays out of his mind. But I completely Dak agree with you. They are they are better than every phase of the game and coaching. So and just as an organization. Yeah. So, but to Rod's point, I mean, as a fan, Ty would be frustrated and mad. So Ty says no. That's but not as far success. as you're more of a pragmatist, Rod, and yeah. you would look at it and say that's a good season, y'all. You got past the division, right? You haven't done that in twenty something years. And if they beat the night, if they beat the. Uh, Two wins in the playoffs? And, and two playoff wins with two home games. And, and Jerry would be happy because he'd sell a lot of tickets for two play, playoff home games. Yeah, I get the frustration not losing to the 49ers again. That and, and if you're the Cowboys, you take your shot. You know, you, you go out there and see what you can get done. I would also say this, that if the Cowboys beat the Commanders on Sunday, Commanders have locked up the two spot in the draft, by the way. They're looking to draft a quarterback. They're not, they're not trying to win nothing. No. That would be Mike McCarthy would have 37 wins the last three seasons. In the regular season, remember twelve wins, twelve wins, and thirteen. That's this again. It's hard to because there are those we included talked when the season began. If they don't get past San Francisco, get past the divisional round, past the divisional round, they could fire Mike McCarthy. And I still think that's true. I think if they don't get past the divisional round, you, you can think about firing Mike McCarthy. I'm saying, especially I'm not saying you at home do now. It, but yeah, you can think about it. It's something you should entertain. You know, because it may be the Lions. Yeah, you know, in my, a rematch of that great game the other night. It could be. You know, my five year window rule. After five years, start rethinking this thing. Um, and, you know, if you can't get past the divisional round, even if, it, if it's against San Fran, that's a different discussion altogether. But I still think you got to get to the NC title game this year. This was your year to do it. All right. You, you didn't go all in, but you brought in a lot of pieces to help you put, push you over the top. Uh, the Brandon Cooks was part of that move to push the Cowboys over the top. And to your point, if the Texans win Saturday night, that's a great season for Houston. Oh my God. If they lose, it's still a good season from based on where they were to uh, where they are and they found their season. quarterback. If they win it and make the playoffs where they go get beat by Miami, great season. Great yeah. season. But great the five-year window has just opened for them with a new head coach and yeah. a new quarterback. They're ahead of schedule. Right. That would be the, the Longhorns a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys are not. Now the same. expectation would be the Texans need to win a Super Bowl or be in the Super Bowl within two years. Three years. Yeah, two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> While on a rookie deal. You can't move, make the changes they made by letting Mike McCarthy call the plays, getting rid of Kelly Moore, and just end up exactly in the same place you were last year. That can't happen. They have to advance. They have to get past that to show progress. My thing was, I've been saying it all season long, they get to the, to the NFC title game. That was a successful season for the Cowboys, even if they didn't win 12 games, even if they only won 10 games but made it past the divisional round. That, to me, was progress because that is, right now, that is what the monkey on your back, right? That's holding this organization back. And right now it seems that it is something that has transcended coaches, transcended quarterbacks, transcended teams and rosters. Y'all can't get past this point in the playoffs as an organization. Not that as a team, as a coach, as an organization. Yeah. It seems like y'all are cursed. Yeah. To be well, a the, since, since cursed Ty's been alive. Since Ty's been alive. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Since I was in college. And that's a long time. That's a long ago. time, man. Hey, we come back. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain one more time as we continue to recap Texas and Washington. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from that game. The Longhorns nearly won a game where they were not the better team. That tells you about their grit and their fight, but at the same time, they have some issues to clean up. But the program feels like it's heading in a great direction. We'll talk about it. Coming back behind the burn orange curtain, hook them up with Ian Rodby. Hello, I'm Kelly Burris, an attorney with the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. Here are a few quick divorce tips that we provide our clients. Number one, if you must move from your home, be sure to at least inventory your important personal property. An easy way is to record video with your cell phone and narrate the walkthrough. Number two, don't be lured into a confrontation or an argument. Walk away. Don't hand your wife an opportunity for an order of protection. And number three, always take time to prepare for hearings and depositions. Insist on a prep meeting, whether your lawyer thinks you need it or not. And finally, make sure that you've secured your private records, your email, and other accounts. If in doubt, set new passwords. Cordell & Cordell has been a partner men can count on for over 30 years. You can schedule an appointment on the phone by calling 866-DADS-LAW or by visiting us online at CordellCordell.com. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Austin area attorneys. Offices in Austin, San Antonio, and St. Louis. Online at CordellCordell.com. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. 
We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, before we get to uh, the top of the hour, we'll play What's Poppin', including the uh, schedule for tonight. Texas women with a big basketball game tonight. Also, What's Poppin', Jimmy Kimmel threatening to sue Aaron Rodgers uh, for suggesting he's on the Epstein, Epstein list. Thing, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a peach, isn't he? Yeah, he said he said it on McAfee? Or did he, he did he it on McAfee. Okay. Yeah. And Aaron, uh, Jimmy Kimmel was not too happy and uh, threatened the lawsuit and called him an a-hole, which, you know, <laughs> he's not the first one to call Aaron Rodgers an a-hole. I think Aaron Rodgers has some a-hole in him. Oh, <laughs> a lot of it. He's got a lot of that, but, you know, he, he likes attention. And I think he, he's smart enough to know what he says will get him attention. That's he, why he goes on that a, show, right? Plus they pay him. Oh, that's Pat, Pat Maybe he loves him coming on the show. How, how, oftentimes, has, how, how many times he said something that's going oh. viral that he said on the Pat McAfee show? Probably, what, once a month? You can love or hate Pat McAfee or not like him at all, whatever, indifferent. Smart guy. I mean, yeah. he, he's you know, it came out that he's been paying Aaron Rodgers quite a lot of money to come on that show. But man, that's totally a, worth it. Totally worth it. Every nickel. Because it's like free advertising. Like he said, "What he's talking about? COVID? Oh, he's talking about." Pays Nick else. Saban to come on every week. JJ Watt comes on every week. It's smart. It is smart. Take the money that, that the ridiculous amount of money ESP is paying you, and then you can make sure your guest list is decked out with the best guests by just giving them a little something on the side, and then they, in return, will go viral for your show. Yeah. And keep you keep you you know top of mind. That's right. I mean, if our if our owners are listening, you know, that could be worth the investment to get some big name guests on here. <laughs> pay them. <laughs> Who would they we could. want? McConaughey. Well, you know what? That's happening in the NIL space. Oh, actually. I know. The NIL space. A lot of that's happening. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, all across the country now. You have access to the best athletes. Well, we talked on, on uh, Discord because of that on our pregame show to Rick Vasquez with the Texas mm-hmm. One yeah, Fund. There you go. Who he started that tight end group and the burn ends the burn ends mm-hmm. and so every week they get an interview for his website with uh, J. Tavion Sanders and Gunnar Helm and all the tight ends. It's awesome. And they collect ten thousand dollars every year and uh, if they say something of interest, obviously it goes viral and you know goes out there. Longhorn mm-hmm. fans get to hear it, uh, but you got to pay for it. And that's why that's why I'm just encouraging our owners that we, <laughs> we'd have to pony up. Come a little cash, just a little bit. Trust me, return on your it's an investment. Investment. And I'm sure they'd say let's let's keep the lights on first and then we'll worry. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. By the way, Ty, is, are the lights working in the studio in the new year, and are we coming back in there anytime soon? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, no updates, but the no lights updates. are on. No updates. Lights are on. Good. Lights are on, though. I was in there uh, this weekend. Lights I'll be on. in there today. Yeah, looks good, though. I like Record the, some commercials. I like, yeah, I like the, the new studio setup. It's nice. It's comfortable. Quaint. It's lonely. It quaint. It's quaint. Uh, <laughs> Ty's lonely. Ty is lonely. The Coke folks are there, right? And they're no, they're off this week. Oh, uh, that's why he's lonely. Brock's up here. Nick. I'm about to go help uh, Brock is here. Actually. Brock is the young kid. You know, I talked about my trip back from New Orleans with my group, and it was like everyone's long and arduous. But uh, t- no one like Brock. Brock, our, our backup producer and producing Coke FM today, uh, he had a co-pilot with him who was sick from the night before, hmm. had to stop six times to Ooh, vomit, and oh. then ended up in the car. Oh, no. God, that is that is one of the cardinal rules, brother, the brotherhood. The it happened in the car. No, you can't vomit in the car. Yeah, you got you to gotta make the person stop. You got to hold it. You got to be tough. Whatever you have to do, you have to be out of the car. They have a bag for them in the car? Usually a bag will help you. Ziploc. Yeah, one, like one of, the, hey, one of those big was, gallon Ziplocs will work. Get, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what you need. Or oh, one of those good HEB bags. Ziplocs. Zip that thing up, throw it away. We, uh, we stopped to get him a bucket, actually, for the car, and... <laughs> 
but the There's problem Brock. was then we had to we had to break six times and pull over so we could empty the bucket. Oh, <laughs> that was a rough trip. Rough trip. That is so rough. Well, that was well, the other story. Was, what happened was we get done with the game. I meet him outside the stadium. He is crying. Like, <laughs> tears drip. Like, we had to console him. I said, you're oh, hold on, hold on. This is, I met this guy, right? Yeah, Mason. Mason. Yeah, I met Mason. I met him at, uh, yeah, I met him at Manning's. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I said, you were a grown-ass man <laughs> crying right now. Get your ass to Bourbon Street and drown your sorrows like a man. And to, exactly. his, credit, to his credit, he did. He did not come back from Bourbon until 7 a.m. But, yeah, then the next day was wow. next day was rough. We were, we were That was a long trip, there. Brock. Long trip. Traffic. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Brock, that's a that's that's a bad story. It's a good story. It's entertaining us, but I know that was hard. I, I will say through. that my son, who you guys know, Nolan and his buddy uh, J- Jameson wow. were there, and they the, the, because of Ty and the the hurricanes at Pat O'Brien's, my son had the full uh, New Orleans experience for the first time. Because the last time he went, he went with us for the Sugar Bowl when they played Georgia, and he was only seventeen, so he really couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Now he's twenty two. And so he was looking forward to going back. And first night, Ty serves him too many hurricanes. <laughs> he ends up in our hotel room, leaving it all in the in the commode, uh, you know, praying to the porcelain god and that whole thing the whole day. And then uh, he also told me that on three occasions they had to cross the street to the other side because of vomit on the sidewalk. Wow. <laughs> Just random vomit. Some random person. Yeah. Oh, like, like red beans and rice. No. And, ugh. Yeah, that's, that sounds like New Orleans to me. That sounds like New Orleans to me. That's that New Orleans experience That's what right I there. said. I said, son, you just got to experience New Orleans. Yeah, and the rookie mistakes. Full didn't, bore. Didn't eat before, probably wasn't hydrated enough. Yeah, didn't eat enough. Come on, rookie mistakes, guys. Rookie well, it's mistakes. good to be back, and it's good to be in hey, the new year. Throw up's not the worst thing I saw. I saw legitimate human diarrhea oh, on, the side, no, on, no, on, no. on the street. Uh, right, that's enough. Yes, New Orleans. I yeah. said also yeah. not shocking to me. That's, that's, hey, I'll tell I'm you not, what. I wouldn't be shocked New Orleans. I'm trying to get a group together for uh, for Mardi Gras. If uh, you should let Nolan know, no, <laughs> no. Well, he's, he's a grown man. He can make his own decisions. He pays his own way. I'll so, tell you what. You though, know. I was I was trashed one night. Absolutely trashed. Walked into a casino. Saw Aaron. I was like, this is the last person I want to see right now. <laughs> yeah, I was there. That was the ca- that was the Cowboys night, right? Yeah, that was that was a rough night. You you hide it pretty well. I couldn't tell that you were. I mean, I'd had a couple of couple of Tito's. You know what I mean? And Man, a couple of Bud Lights. It's New Orleans, all right. Yeah. Like everybody understands. Everybody there. Yeah. There's no code. Everybody there's no there's no uh, employee employer code kind of thing. <laughs> it's New Orleans, baby. Yeah. We all had a good time. Yeah. That was New Year's Eve. That was uh, the night that the Cowboys squeaked out a win over the Detroit Lions. But it uh, was the night preceded the Longhorns' 27 or 37-31 loss to the Washington Huskies. Let's go behind the burn orange curtain one last time. Thank you, Brock. Thanks, Brock. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about my man Xavier Worthy. Uh, X-Man. Yes, he's decided that he is uh, heading to the NFL. Um, so really proud of Xavier Worthy. I think he's accomplished a lot here in his uh, Texas career. He and I were talking actually early in the show, and both of us agreed that his legacy here at Texas will have him ranked, or at least, uh, I think, debated um, as one of the top five best receivers in Texas football history. I think he's got a case to be top three best receivers in history. He will not surpass, in my mind, he won't ever surpass Jordan Shipley. He won't ever surpass Roy Williams. I think those guys are cemented as the two top uh, receivers in the history of Texas football. Um, but he can make a case that he's the third best receiver in Texas football history. He is fifth all-time in receiving yards in a career. Um, he has two spots in the top ten in single season and most single season touchdowns, um, second and ninth. He is third in touchdowns, uh, receiving touchdowns in a career, sixth in receptions in a career. Um, and I think he is seventh on the list of um, most receptions in a single season. He's seventh on that list. So I think he's got a pretty good resume. And that's with having a down year last season with the broke hand and, of course, uh, leaving um, his junior year. So if he stayed, you know, one more year, he probably could end up breaking all those records. So I, I think Xavier Worthy is going – two things I want to bring up. I think he's going uh, in the first or the second round. And now likely being pushed down to the second round because the first round uh, NFL uh, draft talent for wide receiver is just deep. Um, Daniel Jeremiah says wide receiver and offensive line might be the deepest positions in the draft. Uh, There are three wide receivers right now they're saying could end up in the top ten 
of the NFL draft. Obviously, Marvin Hart Harrison Jr., uh, Daniel Jeremiah says Romo, Romeo Dunze, who Longhorn fans just saw uh, for Washington, that he's the best, he's his favorite receiver, not the best, his favorite receiver in the draft. He's considered a top 10 prospect. Uh, Malik Neighbors, the receiver at LSU, is considered a top 10 prospect. So when you have that kind of depth at receiver, probably going to push the draft uh, evaluation and the, and the uh, draft grade of X-Man down just a little bit. And the biggest slight on X-Man will be he's, well, slight, uh, that he's small-ish in frame, that he's skinny, and that he can't really deal with the punishment and deal with the uh, the sheer physicality of the NFL. Now, we know that's not true for his size and for, you know, the, the slim build uh, that he occupies. He actually is a physical player, and he has good uh, contact balance, plays through contact uh, better than he used to. He didn't play through contact really well. This year, he's been a lot better playing through contact. But I'll give Sark a lot of credit because Xavier Worthy is kind of a Sark type, right? So he, he's small-ish, uh, slight in frame, but he's a speed demon. And Sark likes those kind of receivers. You go look back at all of my ex-girlfriends and ex-women over time, you'll probably find a consistent trend. Maybe uh, big booty brunettes, I don't know. But if you look at Sark's receivers, the better receivers that he's had, he's got a type of receiver that he really likes. And he likes speed demons, and he likes small-ish, slight-ish receivers. Um, even the young men, they're bringing in they got one coming in this recruiting class name escapes me right now uh aaron butler i believe is his name and he reminds me of an x-man starter kit uh smith obviously famously small slightish receiver and sark was able to weaponize him to become uh, the best receiver in college football the best player in college football winning the heisman at the receiver position one thing i look at and just is uh, it's only a a quantitative uh measure measurement for the uh, basically to try to compute body uh, mass, and they do body mass index, BMI, and it's essentially a cumulative metric uh, combining your height and your weight and your size, and even if you're against BMI, it's just way, it's a way for me and for this particular exercise um, to try to put all these uh, small, slight-ish receivers to try to put them into the same kind of data point all right, evaluation. And when I start looking at receivers whose BMI, body mass index, is 25 or lower, that means you're a slight small-ish receiver, right? Devontae Smith's at 23.1. X-Man's at 22.7. Uh, to give you, Jordan Addison last year was at 24.1. Marvin Mims, remember him, seeing that guy? He's at 24.7. Tank Dale is right at 25.1. These are small-ish receivers. Um, but if you go look at these guys have been lately pretty effective in the NFL for years, the NFL stayed away from these small, like receive small ish receivers because they, they felt like they didn't have the physicality. Uh, they didn't have the body armor to deal with the physicality in the league, but they also didn't necessarily, they weren't big enough, right? To get off press man coverage and the NFL can be a press man league at times. I went back and looked at the smallest receivers, receivers whose BMI is 25 or less over the last 23 years. I went back to 2000. There have been 24 such receivers drafted in the first two rounds where Xavier Worthy is projected to be drafted. 24 receivers drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft since 2000 with a body mass index 25 or less, right? 25 or less BMI. 10 receivers, 10 of those 24 have been drafted in the first two rounds in the last two years with a body mass index of 25 or less. So essentially you can look at Devontae Smith being drafted in the top 10 as really a turning point for a talent, evaluator, talent evaluators in the NFL to look at small-ish slight receivers in a different light. Um, now they, I think, have a blueprint to utilize and weaponize these types of receivers. And for years, they didn't have that. And for years, they shied away from these types of receivers, and, or they dropped in the draft because NFL uh, scouts and talent evaluators decided it wasn't, it wasn't worth the developmental resources you would have to invest in these guys to try to turn them into high-caliber, productive NFL wide receivers. And that may still end up being true because, like I said, in the last three years, we don't even have enough of a sample size of these types of receivers playing in the NFL to know if they are indeed going to be really, really productive. Um, but you can, I think, based on, you know, this trend, I would hypothesize that Sark, almost unintentionally, because of his uh, affection and affinity for these types of receivers, that he actually altered wide receiver evaluation in the NFL. 
that now you have more teams willing to consider small-ish, slight receivers that have the uh, Xavier Worthy build because Sark weaponized them better than any offensive mind in college football we've seen in years when he made Devontae Smith or he was able to weaponize Devontae Smith into a Heisman caliber receiver, then drafted into the top 10. So I think teams start looking, obviously we know a lot of NFL uh, coaches, they, they look obviously at a lot of film, um, and that means they look at the schemes too, and I think with Sark, they take the scheme with the player. And they say deal with Devontae Smith at times and just utilize some of those same concepts. And I think that's going to help Xavier Worthy because there are teams now that have a blueprint of how to use these small receivers. And a lot of it is just yak yards, which Sark is big on. Uh, the NFL has changed, right? You can now move these guys around. Some They, they used to say pro, that this is a pro-style offense, this is a college-style offense. Not anymore. Colleges and pros are running very similar offenses. Those uh, concepts have trickled up to the NFL. So I think it's probably the best time ever for a receiver with the build and the stature of an Xavier Worthy to play in the NFL. Now, whether he's productive and whether he's an elite NFL wide receiver, that'll be based on really what team he goes to and what system he plays in. Um, but the NFL now doesn't shy away from smallish receivers. They're going to knock him, and it'll hurt his draft stock a little bit. Mostly the draft stock will be hurt because there's so many good receivers in this draft. But there are plenty of teams now willing to take chances on smallish receivers. And for Xavier Worthy, hopefully that's in the first round. If not, it'll be in the second round. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You also said it'll be interesting to see if he runs a 40 at the combine. Should he and would he? They have all the data, all the yeah. analytics of how fast he is. And uh, we film don't lie on that. But it is interesting. And I, I think about it this way. Like, I mean, Texas forever was a running back university, right? Uh, defense and running game. Mm -hmm. That's why he had Earl Campbell and said B yep. and Ricky Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, Vince Young is the, the quarterback with, with, with Bobby Lane and you know, that ilk. You, with Sark, as long as he's here, he's going to keep churning out these receivers. So that list you're talking about with the all-time great receivers, I think it's going to change over sure. time. And uh, quarterbacks, and uh, mm -hmm. Sark is really the first, since John Makovic, a Texas coach that really develops a full offense, a big, I mean, Greg Davis did, for sure. And that's, re Greg Davis rewrote the record book at Texas yeah, uh, yeah. with his offensive, you know, as much criticism as he took, but uh, what Vince did, what the receivers did. Cole Jordan, did. Cole, yeah. Jordan, you mentioned uh, uh, Jordan Shipley. But you almost feel like Sark can take it up to a different level if, as long as he's here and recruiting the type of players he is, right? That's when you're bringing difference. in the Ryan Wingos. Yeah. Five-star receivers, five-star quarterbacks. Yes. <laughs> now you're playing it, and, and that's going to give you a chance to play for championships, big picture. So, yeah, it'll be fun, it'll be fun to watch uh, because I think there are people who think John Tay Cook can be a real special player for Texas, guys like uh, Ryan Wingo coming in here. But mm -hmm. uh, X-Man made his impact. And the thing you can say about X-Man – he came in with a rookie head coach and was immediately the number one go-to weapon and yeah. was a freshman All-American. That that speaks volumes to his maturity, and I think it'll speak well. Because I, I know this, uh, Texas fans haven't always loved Xavier Worthy, sometimes for his body language and drop balls and things of that nature. Sark will advocate for He's Xavier not, Worthy yep. when it comes time to talk to NFL coaches. Yes, he will. He did here at Texas. Yes. Anytime somebody criticized X-Man, Sark was right there yes. to oppose it. Like, no, that's my guy. He's great. He's competitive. He loves him. He sees him every day, right? Yeah, he does. He loves him some X-Man. And I think that's what's going to help X-Man, too, in the draft evaluations. Sark being on his side. Sark's blueprint to how to use him. Um, and also the speed thing. I, I, I've said it before. I don't, I don't, Xavier Worthy doesn't have to run the 40 because running the 40, even though the NFL scouts want it, it could actually hurt his stock because everybody's, everybody projects he's going to be the fastest receiver at the combine. He's going to be the fastest receiver coming out this season. But what if he's not the fastest receiver? What if he just runs a, a 4.35 instead of right, a 4.38? And people go, well, I thought he was going to be faster than that. It's like, that's really fast. <laughs> um, so I think he should let the myth of his 40, let that actually I would let I would let that stick unless and, he wants to go for a record or something. Unless maybe he wants he to go for a record, and maybe he does. But right now, you have data saying he reached the fastest player in college football. That data, I think, is confirmed, and I think the NFL teams will take that data and they will still use it in their data evalu their, uh, their evaluation. I'm of just him. saying, if he gets in, he's gonna start training now as a track star. Yeah. And if he starts putting up some four, four, low four threes, something high four two, maybe he says, you know what, I want to, I want to go, I want to do that. But it won't be at that same track. That's you right. It won't be on May track. Yeah. Well, you know, he could not run at the combine, but he run back here. But that's the, true. But too. the combine becomes myth, right? Yes. Mythological, if yeah. you or you know, the mythology of if you go run four two seven there. Yeah, but how many of those receivers who run fast at the combine actually go to the NFL and, and produce? Good. You're right. You're <laughs> right? right. It's like to hell with that, man. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I I think it's a really interesting thing because you know, it, it's such a TV show now. It you is. don't have to do it. They want them to do they it. They have all the analytics and the numbers you know, where the all the all the uh, 
the data finders. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we'll hit a round of what's poppin'. Also get you ready for the Jim Rome Show and the rest of a Wednesday here on Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Callahan's General Store. Since 1978 and still locally owned and family operated, winter is here, colder days are ahead, and Callahan's has what you need to protect those precious pipes. Stop on by, get your faucet covers, spigot drips, insulation, and advice from the best people in town. When it comes to freeze protection, you'll be glad you made it a Callahan's day. In these cooler months, while grass is dormant, winterizing your landscape should remain at the top of your lawn care list. Callahan's General Store has winter grass and ground seed covers, as well as all the necessary pre-emergence to keep those unwanted weeds away. Stop on by and make it a Callahan's day. Save up to 50% on a hot tub, cold therapy tub, or swim spa at the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend at the Travis County Expo Center. Browse the largest display of hot tubs, cold therapy tubs, and swim spas in the region from five major brands at up to 50% off. See swim spas in action offering exercise, therapy, and fun all year long. Over 40 hot tubs will be on display and every four model must go. Financing is available and show admission is free. That's the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend at the Travis County Expo Center. Visit spashow.com or call 1-800-SPA-SALE. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Man, good times in New Orleans and a bad, uh, frustrating night. And just say frustrating was the name of that game for the Longhorns. You played a C-level game. The Longhorns didn't feel like they were playing to the in- at times to the intensity level of Washington. That may have been a myth to a rod. That might yep. have just been that Michael Penix is really good yep. and the veteran leadership. And when you play a quarterback that talented, uh, it can look that way. Uh, but at the same time, Texas was there to the end. And, uh, you know, one pass, one completion, and they're – you know, playing for a national championship, that'll be Washington instead. They've won 20 consecutive games. Uh, they're popping, and we gave you the number earlier. They're the first team in college football history since they went to Division One, Division Two, Rod, mm-hmm. to win 10 consecutive games by 10 points or fewer and win all of them. Clutch. Clutch. Yep, and Kevin DeBoer is the best underdog coach in college God. football in the last 30 years. He's uh, 6-1, and one, I believe, as an underdog, as a head coach at the group of five level and the power of five level. Great as an underdog, uh, five game-winning drives in Michael Penis's career. And you just pointed out the fact that they've won <laughs> 10 straight games uh, where they had – where the game was what within – was it single digits or ten one points. score? Ten points. Ten points? Ten points are – you mean ten within ten points, points ten and points win all ten of them. Basically. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they, they really have. They have the clutch gene, uh, and I think that's the coach. I think the coach is a big game coach too. I think Caleb DeBoer coaches his best games in big games. <laughs> That's why I think he's so great as an underdog. Cause he's been a he's been an underdog in all the big games, twice well, to Oregon. Well, and guess what? To he's, Texas. And he's got exactly what he wants in this game with Michigan. He's already been declared the underdog. Yeah, exactly. He's he's at his best. Well, when if he's you the listen underdog. to the post game conversation with the tech, with the Washington players, because look, what, what were we saying this year with Texas being clutch? Well, how about the goal line stand against K State, the stop against Houston? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, that's what they're talking about in Seattle right now, that, hey, man, they stopped Texas four times from the 12-yard line. Yeah. 11-yard line. They, they, Stats are for losers' defense. Yeah, man. Like, y'all keep talking about how bad the they're defense clutch. is. Like, well, how did your offense perform versus that Stats is for losers' defense? We talked talked a lot of trash about the defense, but I will say, you know, we, we did discuss, and he brought it up several times, that that defense had seen the best passing offense in the country, had seen some of the best quarterbacks in the country. And I think their defense was a little underrated. I, I think, think it's possible. Are, yeah. That's for sure. I mean, when you play five of the top 16 passing offenses, yeah. you're seeing great quarterbacks weekly. You're seeing great receivers weekly. So there, there's nothing te- – I mean, Texas can overwhelm teams like mm-hmm. Oklahoma State who don't see an offense like that. Exactly. Washington had. so And they had a, had a, had a month to prep for a, a talented Texas team, but they've seen talented teams before, and they beat them. Uh, that's the other thing, right? One of the words Sark used all year was versatile. We can beat you in a lot of different ways. Well, Washington is actually better at that than Texas right now as a yep. program. Very true. Uh, <laughs> because they, they have not lost in 21 consecutive games, and now they're going to be called the uh, – the underdog in this game. I got to know yeah. that they love that. And, and I but think it's it, it also hurts Texas. You didn't you, listen. You, usually the the Big Twelve has better quarterback play than this had. This, uh, the yeah, last, they this did year. not this year. They did not this year. Texas and even when they played Jalen Murrow in Alabama, and Jalen Murrow has elite traits at the quarterback position, but he's not a good. He's not an elite quarterback. <laughs> uh, period. Um, so you really hadn't played elite quarterbacks this year. The two you did play, all right, Dylan Gabriel and Michael Penix, they found a way to beat you. I'm sorry to think. I think not having, 
played enough of those elite quarterbacks to really find out what your defense was made of in in those uh, particular circumstances. I think that actually had us overrating. Yeah, Texas defense is a tad overrating it a little bit. And maybe underrating, obviously the uh, yeah, and underrating their defense. Yeah, I think that's fair, one hundred percent. And they play, and you know their quarterback played great. They looked healthy because there were because we said this during the weeks leading up to it. The Texas fans are gonna, and and I'm sure Washington fans did the same thing. You pick out the games where they didn't play well against Arizona State or they didn't play well against Oregon State. Well, you focus on the games where they did play well because you're gonna anticipate you're gonna get their best game. I think that's why I say the word frustrated because I don't think Texas played their best game. I think Washington forced some of that, but at the same time, I don't think Texas played their best. They they peaked in the in the Big 12 title game. That could have been level of competition, and the step up was just too much for Texas because, yeah. to your point about the quarterbacks, that's why they're going about addressing the defense now and trying to fix the coverages and bring in more multiple looks and different safe different coverage players. And uh, they know they've got to fix it if they're going to compete at that level and gotcha. be in the 12-team playoff and those kind of things in the SEC. So, uh, looking forward to that. That's popping for sure. Also, popping, I don't know. Uh, how about this, Rod? So, Aaron Rodgers went on the McAfee show yesterday mm. or Tuesday at today's Tuesday. I think I'm losing what day it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, and said basically made a quip about the, the Jeffrey Epstein list about to come out and be, and he mentioned uh, Jimmy Kimmel's name. Why? He just randomly threw Jimmy Kimmel yeah. out of all the people. <laughs> he also suggested that Jimmy Kimmel's name should be on it or could be on it. And Jimmy Kimmel was not cool with that. He tweeted, Dear A-hole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, had any connect, contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense uh, nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Uh, Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we'll debate the facts further in court. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you ain't be throwing it out there, man. No. <laughs> Carelessly, that's uh, that's a hell well, of an accusation, man. You making someone who's equally as famous as you? I mean, there are a lot of people, a lot more people know Jimmy Kimmel than know Aaron Rodgers. Come on, dude. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's a late night talk show. You may not like him, but at the same time, he's got a you know worldwide following of people. Uh, do yeah, they have beef? Can... Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers? Apparently, well, now, now they, they do. do. Now, now, now they, they do. do. I'm talking before that. Do they have beef or something? I don't know. I don't know if they have history. Uh, uh, but not popping. Not hey, Rod. Popping. No football tonight. What? Oh, no. What are we going to do? I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. i got to figure that out. got to watch some good TV. got to find a good TV show to watch. Not ready to start binging. We only have one big college football game left. Obviously, the NFL playoffs are coming week 18 this weekend. Man. But, yeah, I can't find any, any college football I'm tonight. Sad. I'm sad. <laughs> Be sad. Hey, everybody, have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll do it again on a Thursday morning, 6 a.m., every hour of this show, podcast at hornfm.com. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. Callahan's General Store. Since 1978 and still locally owned and family operated, winter is here, colder days are ahead, and Callahan's has what you need to protect those precious pipes. Stop on by, get your faucet covers, spigot drips, insulation, and advice from the best people in town. When it comes to freeze protection, you'll be glad you made it a Callahan's day. In these cooler months, while grass is dormant, winterizing your landscape should remain at the top of your lawn care list. Callahan's General Store has winter grass and ground seed covers, as well as all the necessary pre-emergence to keep those unwanted weeds away. Stop on by and make it a Callahan's day. 
The Real Texas Gun Show returns to the Williamson County Expo Center in Taylor, Texas this weekend, January 6th and 7th. This family-friendly event offers a wide selection of the finest guns, knives, ammo, and outdoor products from the finest dealers from the state of Texas. Bring that old firearm sitting in the closet to buy, sell, trade, or upgrade. Tickets are $10, and there will be firearm giveaways both days, plus parking is free this weekend at the Williamson County Expo Center. More info at therealtexasgunshow.com. Winners of door prices must pass background check. Like your favorite sport, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company come out on top. And that's why your business needs UBO Business Services every day, making sure you win by streamlining your workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them right now at ubeo.com. UBO, great people, great service, endless possibilities. Save up to 50% on a hot tub, cold therapy tub, or swim spa at the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend at the Travis County Expo Center. Browse the largest display of hot tubs, cold therapy tubs, and swim spas in the region from five major brands at up to 50% off. See swim spas in action offering exercise, therapy, and fun all year long. Over 40 hot tubs will be on display and every four model must go. Financing is available and show admission is free. That's the Hot Tub and Swim Spa Blowout Expo this weekend at the Travis County Expo Center. Visit spashow.com or call 1-800-SPA-SALE. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn.